gobs and gobs too. Isn't that a cute video? Love that. Well, we want to welcome you here to TLC. I, you know, I want to start this off. We, we have a lot of things to cover today. It's going to be awesome. It's Father's Day, and that's awesome. Um, and I, I have great kids, a great wife, and they celebrate, you know, me really not just one day a year, but I feel celebrated so many times uh, throughout the year, so I appreciate that. Uh, when we talk today, if you haven't got a uh, glow-in-the-dark wristband, they're free. The ushers will make sure that you get one of those if you need one or you lost yours or, you, like me, I keep giving them away. Um, you, we got more, so, you know, we'll give those to you as well. I wanted to start off, I didn't say this in first service, but felt prompted to say it today. Uh, I worked at Cedar Point two summers when I was going to college. How many have ever been to Cedar Point? America's roller coast. Push down, pull up on your safety bar, exit quickly to your right. Thanks for riding the blue streak and enjoy the rest of your day here at Cedar Point. Next 24 coaster cadets glide on through here next to ride the streak of blue. Now don't be shy, just give it a try. The blue streak's here to satisfy. Guess what ride I worked? Uh, I, I said all that just to say this. Um, I was, you know, away for the summer, and my, you know, my mom and dad. You, when you're a parent, you don't have all the answers, and you kind of do the best you can. And if you could, would you not go back and change some things? Maybe the way you, what you let them do, or what you didn't let them do, or what you thought was, you know, and you're like, ah. And we've told our kids, hey, we're we're sorry. <laughs> We're just, you know, we, we did the best we could. I said all that just to say, I believe my mom and dad did the best they could. Look what they had to work with. So you got to give them grace. But I will say this about my father. Now, he's out in the, uh, he's head of security, so he's out, he's out there being Magnum PI out there. So, uh, but when I worked at Cedar Point, you know, he, him and I had talked. Some of us growing up, um, we, we didn't get along so well. Um, great, great man, great father, and he always provided, always took care of me, but we, we didn't always see eye to eye. It was harder to talk to. If I wanted to approach my mom and dad, I didn't really go to dad. I always went to mom. How many kids know who to go to? You'll pick the one that you can talk to. Yes, some, some kids. Yes. So, you know, and so one time as I got older, dad and I, we had a conversation, and, and he said to me, he said, if I could do, go back and do some things different, I would, but I want to honor him today because when I worked at Cedar Point, I saw something that, that he did that made an effort that I was blown away. My dad wrote me a letter almost every day I was gone. Now, Cedar Point was a three-month contract. Bless you. Three-month contract. So when you live so many miles away from Cedar Point, you had to stay there. So I lived at the point, I lived up there in a dorm, so it's kind of like college. Well, there's no kind, of, it was pretty much like college, yeah, whatever. But anyway, we lived there. And, and you, as an as a employee of Cedar Point, you had to go to a place to receive your mail. And so I went and I started getting mail, and I started getting it every day. And it would just have my name, my dad's writing, I could recognize it from wherever, I could recognize my mom's writing as well. And, and inside would be a note that would just say, I love you, Dad. That was it. And then the next day would say, might say, uh, you know, 
God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind out of Timothy. Love you, Dad. It would just be one phrase, one something. And I mean, every day I found myself then running to the mailman and like, did I get anything? And he'd slide the letter over to me. And one day I almost had that Mr. Miyagi moment. You know when Miyagi and Daniel walk up and and those guys set the beer bottles on the car? And Miyagi says, please remove bottle. And the guy says, remove it yourself, Mr. Moto. And he, yeah, and chops the head. And Daniel's like, dude, how did you do that? Don't know, first time. Who taught you that? Father teach. Man, you had some father. I. That guy gave me one of those Mr. Miyagi moments. He's like, man, you must have some father. For three months, nearly every day, I got a letter from my dad. I never thought to myself, now that I'm a father, what that took just a few minutes or seconds or whatever that would take for him to mail that or the postage or whatever. It seems so little, but just the effort. So I want to honor my dad today. That made such an impact on my life and for those people that knew me and they didn't even know my dad but thought, wow. And I got this. I wish my dad would have did that. I want to talk to you this morning, not just about fathers, but about glowing in the dark. You see, that was a glow-in-the-dark moment for me. That was a moment and several moments in a three-month period that my, my dad glowed to a point where, like, why, why would he do it? Because our relationship, what he was trying to do, come on, somebody, he's trying to repair the breach. He's trying to say, you know what, no matter what, I love you. And that's what this series is about. We've been talking about fruit of the Spirit. Now we're going to talk about gifts of the Spirit. Today I have to lay foundation. i got a lot to cover. I'm going to do it as quick as I can. You won't be here very long. Please trust me. I, I, I'll keep an eye on the clock. And you'll be out of here before Thanksgiving. Promise. It won't be that long. <laughs> but it's stuff that really doesn't get taught much. Or, or we don't understand because nobody talks about this particular area of Scripture. And we need to talk about it to be successful in walking in the spirit and the fruit and have the gifts so that we could do the things God wants us to do. When God says as it earth, you know, as it is in heaven on earth, when he's talking about that in the Lord's prayer, that's how that happens is through the gifts of us being believers. So, I'm going to try to take the spooky out of it because it's been presented wrong and people are like, "I don't want any part of that. That's just weird." I want to take the weirdness out and let you see that this is just God. And granted, you can't control people. I cannot control how people respond or react or do whatever. Not my job. Not your job. Just be you. Be genuine. Would God do anything that would harm you? I'll tell you the answer to that is no. So we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare can destroy anything the devil might use against the body of Christ. They're not carnal, but they're for pulling down strongholds. God has given us weapons. I don't want to take a knife to a gunfight. How many here have ever been under attack? Financially, spiritually. Maybe your head's just like, ah, got too much on your plate. But we live in a world that basically you have to accept everything. Anything goes. If you don't like it, you can create it or you have to believe whatever they say. If man doesn't know, we create our own doctrine. Let's just do it this way. Here's what will happen because we, it makes us feel better. 
Because we don't like to be accountable if it doesn't go the way we like it to go. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. So we need these gifts, though, here to fight the enemy. Past what you think in your mind. Past your human reasoning. This is what the Bible says. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret, to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So the gifts are here. As we read that, they're here to help us. We need each other. And if you're a believer, you're a candidate for these gifts. In other words, God is wanting you to use the gifts he's given you. So if you're going to go into battle, wouldn't it make sense... To take the stuff you need to fight with. It would only make sense so that we can get this thing figured out. So in the kingdom of God, in these there's nine gifts. I'm going to describe every one of them to you this morning. We're going to kind of, again, just look at them very simply today. And in the next few weeks, I'm going to take them. Just, you know, I'm going to try to group them. God will help me in groups of three in each of these gifts. And so that's how God has distinguished them in, in groups of three. And I'll show you that in just a second. So each week we'll do three gifts. We'll talk about it. We'll kind of look at the truth of that. We'll see where that's at. What does God say? And whether you like it or not, come on somebody, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, if the Bible says it, that's so. That's it. So we're going to look at that. And we're going to work on this together. So we, we love the Lord. So we're going to lay some groundwork. Let's pray real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your anointing. God, let this be a service that just will change our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. So God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is omnipresent as well as omniscient. So if you don't understand what I'm saying, in other words, God can be everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent. He can be over here. He can be over there. He's omniscient means he's all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows everything in between. He knows your motive. He knows everything. The enemy is not God, so he cannot be omnipresent. You need to understand, the enemy can't be messing with me and messing with you at the same time. Not in person he can't, because he can't do that. He has to have help. So we need to understand as God is all-knowing, then God knows. The thing that we forget about these gifts are that the Holy Spirit is a key factor in who gets them. Psalm 139.7 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. In Acts, God is pouring out his spirit. Look at Acts 2.17. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. 
So I'm here to tell you this morning, we need God's guidance in so many things, in so many ways, in how we operate, what we're going to do. You know, one of those things, we, we just, wouldn't you love for God to, to give you that peace? In Romans, it says to be led by peace, to know, like, this is who I'm supposed to marry. Yes, that would be great. I'm glad you think that. But we need those. What am I supposed to live here? Should I buy this house? Should I invest? What do I need to do? You need to ask God's ruling on them. God, show me in your spirit. What do you want me to do? The Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. But people today pay big bucks to fortune tellers. Big bucks to 1-800-PSYCHIC or 1-900-PSYCHIC or whatever. Big bucks. Somebody just tell me my future. Tell me this. But we really need to go to the one true source. We need to go to God. Years ago, Kim and I were pastoring in another town, and there, there was a radio station. It was a Christian station, and there was a, in that town, there was a, a fortune teller, uh, a palm reader, that <laughs> their house burnt down, and they called in. And the guy on the radio, they called, I don't know, originally just a raz for Christians, I think, but the guy on the radio said, you read fortunes, right? Yeah, you can see the future, right? And the answer came back, yes. He said, how come you didn't know your house was going to burn down? And it was just quiet. And Kim and I were in the car going. (laughs) You see, we need the one true source. We need God. The Holy Spirit is going to guide us in all truth. He's the revealer of things to come. God gives us things to share. He does not dig holes and cover things up. He doesn't bury things. He's the revealer, not the cover-up man. That's the enemy that covers things up. God brings things to light. There's, there's denominations that teach the gifts are done. It's done. It was for way back then. It's not for now. But that does not prove right with Scripture. Scripture said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, somebody. If God did it back then, he'll do it now. He says that he will. In Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, Peter was used mightily by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says 3,000 people were added to the church. You just don't grow by 3,000 because he said, you know, nothing. He said stuff, the Bible says, that pierced their hearts. Have you ever been convicted? We live in a society today where there's no definite line. It's just gray. Acts 2.37 says, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him, Brothers, what should we do? In other words, I'm miserable. Help me get out of this. What do I do? I need something that's better than what I got. We live in a place where the world gets a... There's a lot of crap out there, guys. They don't need more crap. They need answers. But Peter shows them. Acts 2, 38 and 39, he replied, each of you must repent for your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you, your children, and those far away, all who have been called the Lord our God. He broke it down in three steps. He says, repent. That is a witness of the blood. Revelation 12, 11 says, it's really, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. So when we're saying when we repent, we're applying what everything Jesus did on the Calvary's cross. Everything that he died for. Every stripe that he got. You are saying, God, he did that for me. 
So that's what that is. I'm repenting of my sin because of Christ. I have the ability to have that washed away. So then he says, be baptized. Now here's where people get all, they're like, oh, well, you have to be water baptized to be saved. No, you do not. It's not salvation. They did not take the guy off the cross by Jesus and said, okay, hey, listen, he wants to get into heaven. We better dunk him, stick him back up. You don't have, baptism is just obedience. It's just an outward sign of an inward change. You are showing everybody around, I am now a follower of Christ. My old self, it represents when you go down in the water, all my sins are being buried because Christ went into the grave and he came back out and rose again. So my new self is coming out. You are saying, behold, look what God is doing. I'm telling everybody there, I am no longer following the enemy, but I'm following Jesus. That's what water baptism symbolizes. And then he says, receive the Holy Ghost, evidence of the spirit of speaking in tongues. And here's where things start getting weird because of our mindset. Because if we don't understand it, we just want to excuse it or make up our own definition. Isn't that true? So what happens sometimes is when we're understanding the gifts, we're going to talk about gifts of tongues. We're going to talk about that in just a second. I'm going to give you the definition of that. This is, this is what he's talking about. Peter and Paul, not Mary. Peter, Paul, Mary. That was a group. Never mind. Anyway, what he's talking about is just yielding to the Spirit of God and you having a personal connection and prayer language with God. Again, not salvation. People ask me, PB, do you, do you have to speak in tongues to be saved? No, you do not. You mean I, I don't have to do that and I can still get to heaven? You got it. But it's like taking yourself from a 110 and taking the fork now and putting it in a 220. It's a shocker. You got all kinds more power. You got all kinds of things that God will help you. This, this is an amazing thing. The Bible says when we pray in the spirit, we don't always know what we're praying. Because you're not praying in English. You're praying in a language that God will give you himself. That's just yours and yours alone. Not exactly the same as anybody else's. And the enemy's like, what the heck are they saying? Because he doesn't know. So you are in his face praying, the Bible says, perfectly. I don't do a whole lot of things perfect. But if I can do that perfect, <laughs> somewhere along the way, I must have prayed in tongues to get her. I just stand by her and say, look, God is working in my life. Look. And people will be like, wow, how'd you get her? It's God. So here's the thing. If God only gives good gifts, and he doesn't give bad ones, and it will help you, could you hear me out for just a few minutes and see what would happen? If the gifts are our weapons, that's, that's our guns, that's our, our knives, our, our bayonets that we take to battle. These are the weapons we use. And they're not for soft, tender little gifts. They're not for, they are guns to do damage to the enemy. They are gifts that do damage to the enemy. They're geared and designed for battle. We don't need to underestimate their strength, their power, their usefulness. Our job is just to say, okay... Show me how to use it, God. Show me how to use it. How they function and how to use them properly. And we know they've been misused in the past. 
And if we continue to just not look at what God says about these things, then they cease to function. Because then we quench, literally, the spirit. These aren't just icing on the cake. They're just not the, the creme brulee of your coffee. They're just, it's just not the, the topping, the cherry. These are more than that. They're weapons. They're equipping you for God's service. And they're not given to those who don't want to use them. They're not given to people that don't want to do battle. They're not given to people that say, I will not pray, or I'm only going to do what I can do, and I'm not going to do anything that God asked me past that point. They're not given for that. They're given for people that will use faith. They're given for people that will say, God, I might not understand it all, but if you're telling me to do this, I'll stand under you. They're given for people that will say, God, you're bigger than anything I can see. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. They're given for people that will trust him. I'm telling you, man, you were like, Brett, why are you so passionate? Because this is a game changer. This will change everything. That God has given me the ability to speak. Okay, big deal. Yes, I honor God for that. I love that. It's part of who I am. It's part of what I do. I get it. But you could be somewhere and God wants to go, you know what, there's more. How many knows with God, he's infinite. There's no end to him. And he'll pull things out of you. And he'll put things out there and say, do you trust me? Do you trust me? If this building was on fire and I could not see the, the building, the top of the building, and everybody had somehow made it to this roof, let's just say. And Maddie was up there. And I could hear a voice. And I'd say, hey, Tadpole, it's Dad. I love you gobs and gobs. And she'd say, Daddy, I can't see you. Honey, you're going to have to jump. I'll catch you. Daddy, I can't see you. Jump. I'll catch you. You need to understand, I need to be ready because within seconds, that little tadpole is going to be breaking through the cloud of smoke that I can't see. That's what God is looking for. I've been in so many different situations where I've been and I'm preaching and the Lord just, not out loud, I've heard him audibly, but I mean, most of the time in these gifts, it's just something that speaks inside your spirit. Just like I'm talking to you, but you hear it inside. People are like, what does God sound like? He sounds like you, unless it's audible. Because it's your conscience, it's your, it's your spirit connecting with God's spirit. Come on, somebody, this is what I'm just being honest. Then I'm sitting there talking, I'm speaking, I'm doing what he's telling me, and this is what he says inside. And I've told you this story, but I'm going to make it real quick. He just said, I want to heal somebody he is here that's blind. I want to heal them. I have never been used in this gift before. And I put it off. What do you mean you put it off? I mean, like, I heard it inside and said, I ain't doing that. And he said it again. He said, I want to heal someone is here that's blind. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Inside, I'm having this conversation. Uh, no. If you want to heal them, I'm happy for you. Go ahead. I'll sit back and watch. But he wants me to say it. So that's what I did. I just said, God, God wants to heal somebody that's blind here. Now, Kim is in the crowd. She's with a friend in the crowd. And there's about 200 people in this crowd. And then God says to me, he said, she's on your right. So I said, she's on my right. 
Five rows back, five rows back. It's a woman, it's a woman. Everybody in the building is like looking for some woman five rows back on my right. Now, if all the people on my right are men, that doesn't look too good. But there wasn't. There was a woman back there, and she was an elderly woman, and she had a cane, and she had somebody help her up. And she came up to the building, just up the front of the building, like Tim Conway. I'm coming. She got clear up front. Her eyes looked real cloudy, like they were filmed. I put my hands over her eyes, and I'm just like, inside, I'm saying, dear Jesus, you got to do this. I I spoke to her eyes, told them to to see, took my hands away. Her eyes were as clear as a bell. I was probably the first one shocked besides her. But see, that was a gift that was in operation. I'll explain that in just a second. And she goes, I can see. And the whole place went, wah. And then everybody wants to pray. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? You see, it's amazing. God's looking for people. People of action. We need the gifts to manifest. The word manifest means to show. They're given to all of us who believe and want them. There's people that says, you know, some believe that they're only given to one or two to operate in spirit. That's not in the Bible. It's not in the word. What we do forget is that the Holy Spirit is the one that works and discerns what you can do and what you cannot do. But I want to look at two foundational stones that come with these. And so we're going to unpack those together and I'll go over those quickly. Number one, the unity stone. There's got to be unity in the body of Christ. They'll not function long without unity. In other words, we have to be in agreement. We have to believe, you know, do you want, Jesus would always ask, he would determine where their faith is. What do you want me to do for you? You know, he talked to blind Bartimaeus. What do you think he wants? He wants a three-piece chicken dinner at KFC. No, he wants to see. So he says, I want to see. There's got to be unity. There's things that have to happen that he's, he's pulling out there. He's pulling things that are helping. God sees us as one body, the body of Christ, so we have to learn to flow together. And this isn't about any individual. It's not about me, not about you. It's about the whole church, and this plan is to use gifts that bring people that can get some heaven on earth, so to speak, and people can find out that God is who he says and he is real. He wants to demonstrate his love for his people. Within the nine gifts of the Spirit, there are three groups. Revelation gift, gifts, power gifts, and inspiration gifts. Those are the three groups. Revelation gifts, power gifts, inspiration gifts. And there are diversities of the gifts. All three groups, they come from one source. It's the Holy Spirit of God. It comes from God as the source. And there are diversities in administration. That means that there's some people, for instance, like Pastor Gary right now, his calling, his gifting is to go to the nations. He is going all over the world proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our headship. Our gift, we may be doing that with him someday. I don't know. But right now, it is generally in whatever this area is here in Marion and and surrounding communities and places. And now that we're online, it'll probably go further. But I get that. But there's different responsibilities. There's different anointings. Same God, same Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, I get it. So there's diversities of operations, and so they go about things differently. Sometimes people go about things differently. We don't always say the same thing, but we have the same outcome. Does that make sense? Sometimes somebody will say, I want to clean it this way, and you say, "That's I like to clean it this way. Bottom line is, does it get clean? Okay, I don't know, whatever, who's better, whatever works best for you, but just get what God wants you to do to get it done. When God gives you something, it's always a plus. It's never a minus. God doesn't give you something you know, it is, how many knows it's our attitude a lot, our perception? 
Sometimes God will, you know, somebody will say, hey, God took this away from me. Well, what's your perception? Was it harming you? Was it, was it getting in the way of your walk with him? So your perception, it's never a minus. It's always a plus. God will always add to your life. You just have to trust him. Does that make sense? Because we look at things that Israelites could look at. I don't like these Ten Commandments. They don't let me do anything. I have students now that are like, my mom and dad are too bossy. They have all kinds of rules. Well, the rules aren't there to make your life miserable. The rules are there to keep you alive. <laughs> I don't like curfew. Okay, stay up till 4 in the morning, but you're still getting up at 630 because you got to go to school. I don't like that. Oh, well, you know, you stay up till 4 in the morning, you pay the piper. It is one of those things. Rules are there to help you. Freedom in a framework. God will give you some things. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. The one person the Spirit gives the ability to, to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person to perform or a power to perform miracles. Another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person, he gives the ability to speak in an unknown language, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. So we can have all of them, but there is a detail we need to look at. The Holy Spirit does that. He knows if you can handle it or if you can't. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Your Bible might say, as he wills. So the Holy Spirit is going to say, you can handle this, or you cannot. It doesn't mean you can't have that gift. You might need to grow into it. Think about it. If you've got a 12-year-old, hand him the keys to your car. Have fun. He might need to grow into it. You don't do all that yet. He doesn't have that gift of all that. This isn't like Cedar Point where there's a little rail in the middle of the road, and you can't cross. Life doesn't work that way. So God, by his spirit, starts saying, yes, you can handle this. No, this is not for you right now. Or maybe it is. But it is as he wills. We are all unique and different. We're not all the same. We're all human, but we're not all the same. You have different talents and different abilities that make you unique. So you might do something maybe a little different than I would do something and so if you don't do it, then it'll never get done the way that God wants you to do it. It might still get done, but it could have been done with the flair he had you for. Does that make sense? We need each other. Unity. Remember 1 Corinthians 12, 19 and 22? How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least and least important are actually the most necessary. So you don't get these gifts by accident. You don't receive them by just because you're just, you get them because you want them. Because you have a desire to follow God. You get them because you say, you know what, God, if I can be better for your kingdom, show me how I can be better. So our second thought to unpack, our second stone is love. God is love. And so love is the key that unlocks the door to all that God has for us. 1 Corinthians 13, this is the love chapter, 1 through 3. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all the God's secret plans, possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith I could move mountains but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it but I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So Paul is saying without love you cannot produce the gifts of the Spirit. 
I don't care how big your church is. I don't care how good your pastor speaks. I don't care how great your teams are on your church. If you don't have love, then it is empty. Because the Bible says love is kind, gracious, long-suffering, not self-promoting, not prideful, not easily provoked, thinks no evil, doesn't rejoice at the fault of others, rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, endures all things, keeps no list of wrongs, love never fails. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus told the truth? He said in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my father. Jesus said stuff like, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I've been, and I got two kids that work at Myers. I've been to Myers and I've had at least three occasions. People I don't know go, are you Zach's dad? Yeah, why? Because he looks just like you. Really? <laughs> he is good looking, isn't he? I mean, you know, I don't know who they are, but because they've seen Zach, you know, he could have said, if you've seen me, you've seen my dad. We have a picture of Zach, or a picture of me when I was little with my sister eating popsicles on my grandma's porch stoop. And it's black and white, and people are like, oh, that is so cute. Where'd you get that picture of Zach? Who's that with him? I'm like, that's me and Crunch. Oh, that's my sister. <clears throat> that's me and her. Jesus said, if you've seen me do it, you can do it too. How? Because of the Spirit. Jesus' ministry was directed and guided by the Spirit of God. He didn't do any miracles until after he was baptized in water, and then the Holy Spirit descended on him, and then God put him in the wilderness to test him. He did all of that, but all of that came after guided. he's guided by the Spirit. So the same spirit that he had, we have today. So we can do those works. If we follow Jesus line upon line, precept upon precept, we can do those things. We, you know, if, the God, if God prompted you like he did me in that service and that you know, somebody needed to be healed, you, you're not doing the healing. You're, in essence, the jumper cable. God is doing the healing. I'm just the line that attaches who needs that to God. And just flows through that. It's crazy. I mean, I have had the privilege to be at FLC, Faith Life Church, with Pastor Gary's group. It's just been crazy. Wonderful church. I love that church. Got to go to their summer camp for nine or ten years in a row. My kids went to their camp, and I was one of their main speakers at camp. And we were going to camp, just like normal youth camp. I mean, you got a bunch of teenagers. you got dudes that don't shower. They don't understand what B.O. means. But everybody else around them does. You know, we got, we got girls that are all just, you know, they're clicking and they're over here and all that. You know, it's just students at camp. And so the idea is to go in there and they're all in the same pool together, all fighting the same battles. And so we'd have service at night. There's always a major service at night. And then there was a ministry time around the altar and things started happening. I mean, I didn't ask for them to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen, but they just started happening. People started freaking out. Things started happening. What do you do when things happen? And, they, you, you know, it's out of your control. It's out of your natural reasoning. This should not happen. That person shouldn't be talking like that. Why is he on the floor flopping around? And there are people just going, ah. And the Lord spoke to me and said, get over there. And so I'd get over there, and he'd say, do this, do that. And I did that, and God just brought order. Boom, right there. And the next thing you know, all kinds of things are going. And God was just taking care of stuff. It's his gifts. 
But if you're not willing to walk in them, then we just sat there and watched the show. Does that make sense? God doesn't need you a huge group to win a battle. He just needs an obedient person. He just needs somebody that'll say, give me the jawbone. Bring them on. He just needs somebody like a shaman that says, I'm not taking this anymore. He needs somebody that will define the line and say, God, you tell me what to do when I'm in. Who am I talking to today? He just needs somebody that's fully persuaded. That's what he wants. Do you believe me, Brett? I believe you, sir. Will you do it? I will do it. He uses people who've received the gifts of the Spirit. God so loved. These gifts cannot be earned. This isn't a merit badge. That's why they're gifts. They're given. Because there's only one way to get them. The Holy Spirit says, you're ready. They're given to believers, followers of Jesus. They're placed at the disposal of the church. Do you want victory? The only way to get victory is walking in the book, close to the Father, doing what he says, getting knowledge, getting, what do you say about it, God? What's your take on it? Because whatever you say, that's it. That's probably for me. Just take a message. It's all good. Don't worry about it. I just had to be that. It was just me being ornery. It's okay. It's all right. Just tell them it was good. They were part of the service. It's good. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. Everybody tell her it's okay. So, there you go. So look at that. <laughs> the man here right beside me is like, help me, God. If you could make me get out of this service, Jesus. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring. Uh, it just it was like one of those fun times for me to be ornery. How many of those, this is the number of divine perfection for God is three. So the very nature of God is threefold. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We are human, body, soul, spirit. So we have that same three uh, as far as our threefold. So the gifts are divided naturally and spiritually into three primary categories. So they have subdivisions of each of those three groups. So no matter how we slice it, it is perfection. So each category is distinguished from the others by the work God is doing through it. Different from the next. So the gifts are revelation gifts again, power gifts, inspiration gifts. So I'm going to give you a definition of each of those and a a quick sentence on each of what the gift is. And we're going to close this out, okay? And then next week we'll start into just peeling this back a little further. God will help me. We'll, We'll try to tackle three gifts at one time. And just give the definition of each of those. Uh, I mean, and and examples, and and we'll teach on that. Revelation gifts, this is God revealing his truth to man. Man getting facts and knowledge that they could never have gotten on their own and their own reasoning or physical senses. It happened by divine revelation. In this category, here are the three things in this category of revelation gifts. It doesn't feel like the Academy Awards. In this category are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The next category is the power gifts. This is where God imparts his own divine powers and abilities to man. The gifts of power involve a supernatural ability and energy which man does not naturally possess. In this category, you have the gifts of faith, the gifts of healing, and the working of miracles. 
Many of these gifts are like a chain. They're linked together. So we need to understand that sometimes these are, if you pull on one link, the rest of the chain comes. For people that will get a miracle, this kind of explains, if you think about it, people that aren't believers, that a gift of healing or a gift of miracles and the gift of faith are all operating together because it's not them being used at all. It is just God supernaturally giving a gift, and all of those are working together to make that happen. So that's what's going on. So um, sometimes it's hard to see because they're so tightly linked. All right. And finally, the inspiration gifts. These gifts are his anointing uh, that bring his anointing and blessing. And that's the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And so these gifts have to do with corporate worship, not with personal worship. They are used for the body of Christ. In other words, for us as a whole, as a unit. Now remember that first stone, unity. They are used to bring edification, exhortation, uh, and comfort, inspiration, all to the body of Christ. So I'm going to define each gift briefly in just like one sentence. And then, uh, you know, in the next three weeks, we got a lot to uncover. But I don't know. I mean, we need this. We need to see what these are. And we need to understand these are still for today. And what will happen is we're going to start seeing supernatural things. You listen to what I'm telling you today. Now, if you're sitting here and going, you know what, I'm not, and then anybody in here going to be holding snakes? Just going to put that out there. I'm not going to do anything freaky deaky. There's not going to be weird stuff. You know, you listen to me and help, just trust me as your pastor that I will pastor this in a way that you won't have to get weirded out. If anything goes south, I will shut it down quicker and you can say Carter has liver pills. That's my job. But other than that, we want God to move, not just because, you know, there may be things that if you're like, he's not shutting it down, because it, it might be just God and not me, you know what I mean? There's stuff that I'm like, I'm not comfortable, and God's like, when did I ever ask if you were comfortable? There's stuff that happened in, in Kim and I's life, and I'm, I was totally uncomfortable with it. I mean, just the power of God was so strong. Our human bodies can only take so much. I mean, although, I, you know, Maddie gave me a thing like, like me being a superhero, and I was so flattered. She blessed me so much. All my kids blessed me on Father's Day, but she just went, you know, she's the only one I have at home, and I think she knows my heart is like, oh, I miss everybody. So she just has been amazing. But all of that, you know, said is all of that, we, we think of this and we think of that, and I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about Maddie. Oh, I wish I could pull that back. Well, if I think of it, I'll, I'll tell you. I can't think of it, so... But I, I might. I don't know. So let me go through these as briefly as I can. Word of wisdom. The revealing of the prophetic future under the anointing of God. A word of God's wisdom is just that. It is a word. When he gives that, he gives only a fragment. So the word of wisdom is revealing a prophetic future. Word of knowledge, revealing of a fact in existence which can only be supernaturally revealed. Now there have been times that, again, like at these camp. Uh, where, uh, you know, PB, get over here, this person, and they're threatening, and they're, they're going to kill somebody. They are talking weird, and they're saying all this. And I went over there, and, I'm, you know, I'm ready. And as soon as I get over there, the Lord, this is what he said. They're lying. That was it. They're faking. Okay. So I just turned to them, I said, they're faking. You can leave them alone. And I just walked away. And the people were like, Oh, okay. And the person that was doing the faking was like, I'm not faking. And then they just sat there because they were faking. 
and we just went to the people that weren't. That is how some of that stuff works. It's just crazy in our minds. We're like, how did we know that? I don't know. And people would come up and ask, how did you know that? God just told me that. You have to be willing to understand, God, I will do whatever you tell me to do. As long as you tell me, I'm good with that. Word of knowledge, a fact in existence, which can be only be supernaturally revealed. Different from a word of wisdom, the word of knowledge is from a fact that already exists. Word of wisdom is something in the future. Discerning of spirits, the comprehending of the human spirit supernaturally revealed by the Holy Spirit. It is not discerning of demons, but of the human spirit. So you can know if a person is telling the truth. So some of these were linked together. There's been times I've been like, I'm believing this, and, and Kim will, you know, she'll say, nope, they're lying. Or, you know, the Spirit of God will just say, nope, they're faking. Whatever. So discerning. Gift of faith. God bringing to pass a supernatural change. No human effort is involved. This is, again, there's people that God just went up to. Remember, Jesus, he, everybody he healed, I'm sure, weren't believers because he was just now coming and bringing the kingdom. But this is just proof that a gift, it was just given as a gift. They didn't have to exercise faith. God just did that. That explains exactly how miracles sometimes take place. Working of miracles is our next. A person doing a supernatural act by the divine energy of the Holy Spirit. This is amazing stuff. And again, you know, I wasn't always a senior pastor. was a youth leader. was the oldest youth leader in my section when I was in the Assemblies of God was in Dayton. <clears throat> we had about 50 kids at the time. I had four or five adult leaders. And we were in just doing a normal youth service. And some dude off the street comes walking in. And he's not right. I mean, he's just not right. He's growling and he's spitting and he's contorting and he walks in and everybody starts screaming i didn't even see him come in until he got in the building and everybody's screaming and all of the kids went over to the side and all the leaders went over to the side and the leader's like you take care of that we'll guard the kids and in now here's what i'm trying to tell and i just explained this to somebody these are things that just happen because when you need a weapon god will give it to you if you're willing to walk in it and the Lord just, he just told me what to do. I mean, I just stood up there and I'm like, I can't, I mean, we got students here. I got my, you know, my kids were little. They might've even been there. I mean, my kids were with me wherever I went. And so I just told this guy, I said, shut up and sit down in the name of Jesus. And the guy hit the chair and just sat there and just, and within a few moments he was freed and he was, I mean, and I don't even know to this day where he went or what happened. All I just know in about five, ten minutes, he was in his right mind and he left. Can you imagine what youth was like the next couple weeks? And the leaders are like, man, how did that happen? Well, again, jumper cable. If we start thinking, hey, look at me, I'm all that in a bag of chips, you got this thing wrong. It is because of the power of God. Jesus said he didn't do anything without his father. So we have to start understanding God wants you to use what he has for you. All kinds of different things. I'm almost finished. I, I know. I know it's 1144. Please. I know it's Father's Day. I just want you to get a hold of some of this. I'm not, I don't walk on water. I don't have a halo that lights up the house. I'm human. I'm a dude. I'm, you know, I put my pants on just like you do, one leg at a time. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you, have you ever lost anything? I mean, I've lost, I lost my wallet once. I didn't, know, I didn't know where it was. But I started, the Bible says when you pray in the spirit, you pray perfectly. 
So I was just praying. Now, this is in my personal life. I didn't go to church and, I mean, I'm just praying in, in tongues in, in my own personal life. And at the time when I prayed, I didn't hear anything. I didn't see, but I was driving in my car or somewhere, and all of a sudden, God showed me a picture of my wallet sitting under the counter. I lived in an apartment by myself by the Dawn dishwashing liquid under the sink. And I thought, I don't even remember being under the sink. But that's the picture. So when I got home, I ran up to the steps of the apartment, opened up the, under the sink, and there was my wallet just like in the picture. How did that happen? It's these gifts being worked. It's these, if you're willing to understand. I'm, not, I'm trying to take the, the weird out of this so that you can just see that God loves you. I had somebody in line at Christmas time. You know, if you after Christmas and you take things back, the line is long. Because we all get stuff that you're like, oh, you have the receipt. And so I had a lady went to the church where we were pastoring, and she was an older lady. She came up and she goes, Pastor, I lost my money. I don't know where my money is. I can't remember if it was her checkbook or just cash. Kim might remember. I don't remember. But, you know. We were way back in line, like the line was back where the sound booth is, and it wound around almost like Cedar Point. And she's like, what do I do? Do you know where it is? I don't know where it is. I said, let's pray. Okay. You believe God will show you where it is? She said, yes. So I grabbed her hands. Now, I wasn't thinking, you'll love this, Glenn. I grabbed her hands, and we were, we were out in public. We were at a Wally World, Walmart. And I start praying out loud. Father, we just need to know where, where she put this. Shake up a bullsonbury. I'll keep it. I just start. I wasn't even thinking. I had my eyes closed. Just praying. She opened my eyes. She goes, thank you, Pastor. We were the only ones in line. <laughs> just my advice to you at Christmas, after Christmas, you want to pray, speak in tongues, you'll clear the whole line out. We got right up there. Before I left the store, she found me happy. Pastor. It's crazy. I was getting in my car and the Lord told me to go over and look by where you push the carts. And there it was. It was laying right there. I'm like, praise God. How did that happen? Well, we ask. You have not because you ask not. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation? Are you willing and bold enough to be able to say, Lord, I will, I'll do whatever you tell me to do? But past that the holy spirit is a gentleman very rarely i mean i don't think god told me pray out loud so everybody in line can hear you that's probably just me not thinking honestly i mean would i have got the same results if i had just said let's pray probably i just didn't think about it because i didn't really care i wasn't really thinking about it i challenge you this morning as we pull this back, just nobody's going to push you to do anything. The prayer team's going to come over there, and they're there to pray with you about anything. It doesn't have to be baptism in the Holy Spirit. If that's something that you want, they can pray for you. But if anybody tells you, let me tell you what to say, they'll have to answer to me because they can't tell you what to say. That is something that God does. pretty easy give me some altar music guys it's it's pretty easy if everything in the kingdom happens by faith everything 
So the same way that you got saved, you had to believe you were saved when you ask, right? Accept, believe, confess. Accept Christ, believe what he did, confess my sins, saved. ABC. This happens the same way. Jesus says he'll give you this if that's something that you want. Will you get in heaven if you don't get it? Yes, you sure can. It's not a salvation issue. Will it help you? Yes, it sure will. Will you be weird? I don't believe you will. I think man has done that. I can't control. Some people act. Some people, you know, I, I can't control all of that. All I can tell you is this has been crucial in my walk with Christ. You want to, you don't have to be a pastor. You just have to be a believer. This is what happens. You ask. Now I want you to listen because this is, you're going to miss it. And you say, God, I want to be baptized in your spirit. This is what happens. You know what God says? Okay. But just like faith, you have to believe that he'll do that. If you believed you got saved, this is how that works. Then, this is a two-part deal. God doesn't overtake your body. You all of a sudden can't not control what you're doing. You have to speak what he tells you. Well, what do I know? How do I know what to speak? I'm peeling this back as easy as I can. You just have to say the words that are in English. How's that? That's it. Now, if you're not ready for that, don't worry about it. It's all good. You're still going to heaven. There'll be a time when you're like, I, I want to I wanna study this more. Okay, that's why we're here. That's what we're doing. But it's an amazing thing. This is about a personal walk, but it'll overflow into those gifts because then you'll be able to walk even further and, and see what God is having you do. He has used me in, in, I would say, probably pretty much every one of those gifts. Not all at the same time. But I just give him credit for it. But again, if I ask, he is the giver of good things. He'll only give me something good. So I believe I receive Mark eleven twenty two through 24, when I pray, not when it shows up, so I believe I receive it now. So even if you got over there, even if you got over there, and even if you got over there, and you prayed and asked for the gift, God, I want to be baptized in your spirit with the evidence. That's what Peter said. That was number three, the evidence of the Holy Spirit. You know what the evidence is? Speaking in tongues. But if you just said, you know what? And it didn't happen because you're kind of like intimidated by, I don't know, these people, I'm a little concerned, I just, it's okay. But if you believe you receive, as far as I'm concerned, you receive there, you just have to manifest it, it'll happen. Does that make sense? It'll show up. But not in a weird way. I haven't seen too many people like walking through the store and just, hey, I've had people that acted weird like that. And I've had, this, I've had stuff happen in, in services, and my wife will tell you, I've, sh I've just shut it down. I've taken the mic over and said, take a seat. I love you, but not as much as God loves you. And there's so many things that he wants to show you and give you. But I don't want to be just like every church, every other church. That doesn't mean we're, we're not going to have like everything's going to get crazy from here on out that's not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is real life walking in the spirit 
letting God do what he needs to do. What if, what if you were the woman in that service? Would it have been worth hearing or seeing? I, I told in the first service where I, I said, there's a guy here that, oh, I didn't say a guy. Somebody here needs to hear. And they're like, I didn't know where, he, where the person was. But the guy comes forward. He, he served in one of our wars. Had a grenade blow up in his ear and had lost his hearing. Hadn't been able to hear out of it for years. He had his wife and his kids there. And I had him cover his ear. I put my hand over his ear. And I believed in these gifts. And I spoke to his hearing. And I took my hand off his ear and went. I was in another church. I was just a guest minister. And I said something. I had him plug his ear. And he, his face was worth. His face was. I couldn't see his face because I was on the back side of it. But his wife was in front of him. And I said something. And his eyes went like this, I guess. And, and I said, repeat after me. So he starts repeating everything. And then he, he just goes, I can hear. And they both embrace. And there's tears. And he's crying. Would you not want that? Would you not want God to do that if that was you? Let's get past ourselves and start saying there's a bigger picture than just us. Bow your heads, close your eyes, please.